Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. What, what? Hey guys, that was a really cool intro, wasn't it? Yeah. You guys, we are already close to 6,000 downloads. Um, Just to give you a little frame of reference of how neat that is, is my goal when starting this was to have 5,000 downloads within the first year. So 52 episodes. So that's freaking pretty, pretty cool. And I owe it all to you. That would be my, uh, my, uh, What is that? My award speech. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. So that's a good segue into our review of the week. It comes from Suze SDC. She says, as a student, I'm constantly trying to find more and more of the spiz or inspiration. My school doesn't get much of the vitalistic love. Sad, I know. So I have to find outside sources. I can't wait to tune in every week, especially on my way to school and have the flame continuously fanned. Thank you for reaching out to the chiropractic community and spreading the truth. And now you all know that I know what that means, chiropractic. Wait, what a tick? Teaching innate chiropractic? You know, I just want to say before I go on that I can't tell you how many of you admitted that you also didn't know what it meant. So, ha, I don't know where, which school is, uh, is teaching it and which ones aren't, I can tell you there was no class at Northwestern Health Science University that told me what chiropractor and tick means. But now think full for the community of she slayers, I have been edumacated. Okay, so let's go into our prayer and then we will read our question. Today we're talking about hiring the first CA. So Thanks, God, for helping so many people, like so many people, continue um, to support this, continue having the people who need to hear this, who need to have their spiz and fire, however (laughs) it was worded, um, flamed, to hear this and find this. Um, Help people who are in the process of hiring to not try and hyper-control. Today, I'm going to be giving my opinion, but this is not 
my hiring system. This is like a collection of experiences, experts, mentors, mistakes that we've done over the last 10 years. Um, so whatever Dr. Jill's process needs to be to find the person that she's looking for, um, to impact her community, make her hear whatever she needs to, uh, to create that game plan because, you know, hopefully you got the perfect person picked out for her already. Uh, love you lots. Peace out, dude. And just in case you were wondering, yes, dude would be capitalized when you're referring to God in that tense. Okay, so our question today comes from Dr. Jill, and she says, Dear Lauren, I opened my own office almost a year ago. All cash, no Medicaid, Medicare, or, um, yeah, or any insurance. Our ideal patients are parents, pregnancy, and kids. I need to hire my first CA like yesterday. I've been doing everything solo since then, uh, which has been a bit overwhelming. It's getting to a point where I feel like I'm being pulled in all different directions, and it's important for me to maintain a good family life with my husband and toddler. I haven't quite reached my goal yet of where I want to be when I hire my first CA. At the moment, I'm seeing about 40 patient visits a week and wanted to be consistently at 50 to hire someone on. I'm more of an analytical slash amiable personality type and get caught up on being able to crunch the numbers and justify hiring someone when I'm barely meeting my overhead. This seems to have taken a toll on my mindset and shifting it to more of a lack mentality rather than abundance. What is the best way to go about finding the right fit? What's the most effective interview process? And how do I keep them motivated um, and on purpose with the office mission and values? All right. So Kirby my unofficial lawyer has made me start this podcast episode with the disclaimer that no matter how funny I am and whatever accidentally slips out of my mouth, you are not allowed to discriminate when hiring. You cannot discriminate on religion, smoking, gender, whether they have kids or not, uh, whether their personality test comes back, what color they are, um, what if they are overweight or any uh, if they're blonde you are not allowed to discriminate in any way you can keep those thoughts in your head though because we know we all totally do discriminate on one thing or the other but you're not allowed to say it out loud you have to keep those inside so no matter what i say just keep keep those thoughts inside okay so where i want to start on this is kind of in the middle of the question where she says that she's not at the point that she wants to be at before she hires so she says she's stuck at like 40 and she wants to be at 50 and lordy lordy can i tell you that has been the story of my life in hiring someone or honestly any major decision i've had to make in business um i don't know i didn't really think if it's also happened in my personal life uh but like for instance, I was literally at 40 patients a week and I wanted to be at 50 before I hired my CA, like the exact situation. I wanted to be at 350 a week before I hired my first associate. I wanted to be at 400 a week before I started the second practice. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, and I never got any of it. Um, I don't know, like I'm sure that somebody very smart in universal energy and flow can support this and, um, you know, validate it. But where my experience has been is that I have always gotten stuck right before the, the place where I would feel comfortable taking that next jump. So in my experience, I have had to get out of my comfort zone 
and be a little, feel a little bit of that risk and discomfort uh, in order to get to that next level. So I think that's very common. So don't get too stuck up on like you could be wasting months and months uh, when just what do you what if that person makes the difference? What if hiring that person gets you to pa- way past that level? That's my experience. And I've talked to a lot of chiropractors who felt the exact same way. So to catch you kind of out of that lack mindset, since you're an analytical, I recommend you crunch some of those numbers because it can be really scary when you're self-employed and you're talking about hiring someone. It's your money. It's your money that your family is not going to have, right? So if you're hiring someone at $32,000 a year, um, that's $32,000 less money you will have if you don't grow. So I understand your scariness, but so start, start crunching. So let's just say, and like obviously where you live um, and competitive rates and blah, blah, blah is going to depend on this, but like just take how much you plan on paying them, you know, even if they were 40 hours a week or full-time salary. So let's say $32,000 a year is what you'd end up paying them. Divide that by your office visit average. So let's just say for easy math that that's like $32 Um, you kind of do all the division and that gets you down to, you would need to see about four additional people a day, if you're open five days a week, in order to um, cover that person. Now, technically, I don't want to like dwell, but I also don't want you guys to think I'm stupid. Uh, There's all this other stuff like taxes um, that makes it more expensive, but like So even if you did like a 32,000 and you say like, all right, between taxes and all that stuff, say she's not going to be taking home 40, but it's going to cost you 40 or 42, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Do some math and start figuring out like, okay, well, that means that I just need to see X number of patients more a day or a week to cover that. Now, if you get to that number and that number number makes you a little nervous. You're like, oh, crap. I don't know if I can see an additional um, 25 people a week. Then, you know, what you're going to do is you'll probably start her out with hourly. Um, that's what most people start out with. There's nothing wrong. Like sometimes you have to start out with salary depending on the hiring competition in your area. Like if good employees are hard to come by. Um, but you'll likely, if you can, get away with doing hourly and give a range. So you're going to kind of guarantee them a certain number of hours. Uh, but you do want to let them know that there may be some weeks that it would go over that. So uh, in more of your information, you told me you have 25 hours of Um, active adjusting a week. So you might say that uh, in your, in your ad between 20 to 35 hours a week. So you're guaranteeing them that they're good. Their paycheck will never be less than 20 hours. um, But you may on busier times need them to go up to that. And that's a really good idea because we all know those like those dumb days in clinic where you're like standing behind your desk, looking at your schedule and you're just like, what the heck is even going on? where are the people and like everybody's just shifting and those are those great days where you can be like you know what I'm gonna go ahead and send you home a little early I got this no problem and um he or she knows that like yeah as long as they're getting that kind of guaranteed number of hours so you talk about your personality realize that your goal in finding the perfect employee is not to find your opposite but rather who complements your personality. Um, And this can be really hard to figure out if you don't know yourself 
very, very well. So a part of this process is going to be taking the personality tests and really learning your preferences, how you respond to um, feedback and all of that, how good of a leader you are, how naturally that is in you. So when we're talking about why you don't want an opposite, here's like an example. So I've talked about how I am such an action-oriented person. Like I get an idea and I start moving before I think about it. Now that has its its pros. <laughs> uh, but as you can imagine, I've made a lot of mistakes also along the ways because nobody, some you know, maybe somebody wasn't there to be like, have you thought about that? So what I don't want is the opposite of an action-oriented person. That would be somebody who is like opposed to change. Like changing your intake form just completely would rock their world and send them into a stress tizzy. Uh, instead, I need someone who complements my action-orientedness, uh, meaning that they're very okay with change, but they do pump the brakes a little bit and are a little more like the type of personality who would think things through. So the most, the perfect person, you first need to figure out who you are. Um, this is, I recommend the strength finder test and the Enneagram. Those are my two favorites right now. There's so many different personality tests, but those, those are some big ones. Although I did just see last week, uh, I follow a bunch of Christian people on my personal one. And somebody posted like, I just saw that the Enneagram is actually a part of a cult thing. And I'm like, say what? I don't think that's true. I really, really don't. Um, but anyway, just in case you're listening and you also saw that, I'm not endorsing cults. Uh, I don't know, maybe I am. But the Enneagram's a great test. What was I talking about? Okay, so you need to figure out yourself so you can be looking, again, not for your opposite, because that person's going to annoy the shit out of you. Do not hire your opposite. Compliment. All right. So then you want to think about, like, what will they be doing? And there's kind of two ways that you're going to think through this. You want to think about what you do not like doing anymore. And then also what you may like doing, but it just doesn't make sense for you to be doing anymore. So, for instance, I really enjoy social media. Um, yeah, I like it. A different personality may go like, ugh, I hate it. I want somebody who like gets us so much that I don't even have to have the app downloaded on my phone. So, you know, that might be really important that you hire like a 21 year old influencer who's got like 5,000 followers on Instagram and like knows how to take a photo and work Insta story and all that sh shazam. Um, but that was less important for me. I needed somebody who wasn't like, you know, they had a smartphone at least, you know, they can't, they have to have some technology. Uh, but the, on the other hand, I really love answering the phone, but too bad. You know, that's kind of one of those things where even though I love doing that, that is something that it doesn't make sense for like that's just going to be on their job responsibility so even though i like it it doesn't make sense that i'm answering the phone anymore even though i would be awesome so if you want to hire me i have a very i don't know if you can afford my salary but i will answer your phones and i will be amazing um you know i really hate like the numbers the stats the crunching of the money the deposits all the you know basically all the stuff that it requires to run a business mm. 
not my favorite. So it was important when hiring a, a front desk person or an office manager that they were not also like, girl, I'm with you. What's a spreadsheet? I'm like, right. I don't know how to work a spreadsheet, but you need, you need to. Um, so that's important. Figure out what is going to be on their to-do list on a daily, weekly, monthly list. So once you figure that out, then go back to kind of your ideal patient and think what kind of person at my front desk is going to make my patients feel safe, at home, comfortable. You know, you mentioned your mom. So maybe it's not so important that that person you hire is a mom. Remember, you're not allowed to discriminate whether they have kids or not. Um, but I can tell you that in my experience with office managers and whatnot, uh, somebody who has a kid in the school district that we're like of the town, the community that we're in has been super helpful. Is that like a break the, what's the phrase? Break the bank? Break, I don't know. I'm going to, I'll move past that. Um, you know, does it determine whether or not I hire them or not? No, but it's helpful because that person's like, well, hey, you know that next week is homecoming week. It's spirit week, right? And I'd be like, no, I didn't know that. You know, if I don't have a kid in the school district. And so it just makes your clinic it's just easier. But you have a kid, but they're not, you said it's a toddler. So just think, like, who do you want at your front desk? Uh, if your ideal patient is a mom with kids, is it going to be a, you know, 45-year-old male who doesn't have kids. I can't imagine that you'd be looking to hire that person. But, you know, like really think through if you were your ideal patient, what would you like to see? Um, so, for instance, I love caring for kids. Obviously, I'm a pediatric practice, but I don't have a lot of patience. So it was important for me too, like that's not just that they like kids, that they'll play with kids, that they're going to get on the floor. They're going to interact with them because I'm kind of like, yeah, I love adjusting you. Your kids are so cute. Here they are. So like my patients need to be blowing bubbles and all, or not my patients, my office manager needs to be blowing bubbles. That is all of that personality. Okay. So now you have this good idea of who you are, what you're looking for in life, what they're going to be doing, and what your patient's needs are of the clinic. So then where to post? That's going to really depend on your community um, and how big of a Facebook kind of like following you have. So when we were first hiring, we didn't have that many people following us on Facebook compared to our most recent hire a year ago. Um, I think that's the only place we posted because we have over 2000 people who follow us. And so like, it was just enough to kind of like share people shared and all of that. Um, you, you know, indeed in the newspaper, I laugh, but the newspaper is a legit thing that, uh, is in my community, but it may be a waste of time for yours. Um, Facebook's always changing their algorithms. So I can't promise that by the time that this airs a week from now that you're gonna, this is still gonna work. But you know, if you're in a bigger town or city, 
uh, look for those like groups, you know, like if you have a holistic moms group of Dallas, like posting there, um, any of those that you can post this ad is going to help. And then, you know, boost it, pay to boost it $10 really. Cause you already know now, like, I kind of want this age. I want them to be a mom, whatever. And then just pay 10, 20, 50 bucks even to boost that and really find that target market that's gonna see that ad. Now, when you're writing the ad, keep in mind that this is an opportunity to have like two birds, one stone. You guys, I said it right, two birds, one stone. So this is not just about you and your needs. This ad can also, um, if you write it well, it will inspire people to share it because they're like, even though if they're not looking for it, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not looking for a job, but like this job sounds amazing. I want to share it. So all of my friends who might be looking for a job might want to. And um, holy cow, this chiropractic clinic sounds like the bomb. I've been thinking about going to a chiropractor. So uh, when we wrote, and this needs to be in the tone, like if you're very serene and professional, that needs to be your tone. We're kind of... Um, you know, pediatric chaos. So when we're writing it, I'm not saying like, I need someone who is, um, you know, can do a spreadsheet and run Excel. You know, I might say like, our ideal person can handle um, blowing bubbles while making babies laugh and handing out stickers and gummies while answering the needs of our patients. Like, you write this so people hear it and they're like, oh my gosh, they sound like they are so patient focused, right? Like, so there's a difference between writing the ad from like your needs focus from your patient focus. So when you're writing the ad, it's all about like what your patient's needs are. So when people hear it, they're going to go, wow, that clinic really cares about the experience of their patients. Um, and if you need help, once you have something written up, you can like shoot it to me and I'll make Kirby go through and do the word editing stuff that he does. <laughs> so, um, you know, but when patients apply, so that, oh, ugh, let's jump to that. So we talked about where you're going to post it, what you're going to write, make sure you include like a really feel good photo with it, not just the description. Like if you're doing this on Facebook, um, like it's really great photo that just emits joy. Cause that's the number one thing that people are looking for. Like, honestly, what I've noticed is you're not going to be able to compete with uh, 401k or health benefits or likely even salary. But I will tell you that I've had people apply who are willing to like lose insurance and make like five to $10,000 less a year because they are so miserable in their job. And they're like, this place just like people are just wising up to the importance of loving your job. So, you know, sell what you can actually compete with. Um, so when patients apply, this is, <laughs> this is a landmine. So when a patient is applying, they're likely coming from one of two areas. Um, one, they love you and they want to help you. And so how this is gonna come across is like the patient will say something like, hey, I saw you were hiring. Um, I'll totally answer the phones for you, 
you know, a few hours a week and stuff if you want. And that's really nice. But what you want to respond with is like, oh, you are so sweet. Um, we're actually looking for somebody who can be with us long term and take up to like 40 hours, like be full time if needed. That's going to really kind of politely say no thank you to your moms that you love as patients, but you know that they're not as emotionally committed to this job. And so they're kind of offering something and they'll receive that really nicely of like, oh yeah, cool. I just thought you needed someone like yesterday. And you go like, I definitely do. But the last thing I want, remember, you're always kind of shifting things because you're talking to a patient. You want to say the last thing I want to do is make a really quick decision for my patients that, you know, you know, I want to make sure I find the perfect person who's going to be with you guys for the long term and has the right set of skills to serve you guys best. So then that's that type of patient is offering that the other type of patient who is talking to you about applying has like drank the juice. Like they love this clinic. They want to be a part of it. And with that, you know, I always recommend kind of putting them through the normal system. Uh, unless, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm trying to think back. I have hired one patient like pretty much on the spot. I will say it didn't work out long term um, because who I knew them to be, they were a fantastic patient, but I didn't know anything more than like, yeah, they believe in weekly wellness. They're always on time. They've got cute kids. She always seems put together. Good enough for me. And you guys know there's more than that in order to grow your business the way it needs to be. So even if you're staring at like what you think is the dream person, I still recommend having them go through some of the process that I'm going to eventually get to, I promise, in a couple minutes. Um, so yeah, so just be thinking about that because, and then also, however far down the hiring process you take them, ugh, it can get awkward. And if you really love this patient and you don't think there's like a 90 plus percent chance that you would hire them, don't put them through the process at all because you're just increasing the risk that they're going to be offended that you had them fill out an application, come do a one-on-one. -on -one. And maybe offended isn't the right phrase, but more um, embarrassed that and rejected. They're feeling rejected. And so that embarrassment, you know, depending on the person, can absolutely be enough for them to seek out a different chiropractor. So don't, out of just niceness, say like, yeah, you should apply type of thing. Oh, okay, maybe you can say that. But like, just don't overpromise in that moment. The sooner you kind of shut it down of like, Oh my gosh, we would be so blessed to have you. But what I do really need is somebody with a, um, at least a little bit of marketing experience, maybe a little HR experience. You know, you kind of like throw out those fancier things and they get it They're And they're not offended in that moment. They're like, oh, okay, well, I get it. So the process. So, so far, you know yourself, you know what you're looking for, you know what your clinic and patient needs, you have um, figured out where you're posting it, and you are collecting, you're in the, you're ready, you've written the ad. So, in the ad, what you want to do is you want to make sure you give very detailed instructions on how to apply. So, what we've typically done is we will say, email a cover letter 
explaining why you're a perfect fit for this position and resume with two references as a PDF to the following email. So in that sentence, there is like one, six different um, areas, instructions that they could mess up on. Now, I will tell you that if you're going to only hire the person who nails all six of those um, instructions, you probably will limit your pool by quite a bit. Uh, so that's not like a black and white of like, oh, you were so close, five of the six. Sorry, bye Felicia. No, um, I've definitely, most of the people who I've hired like kind of made a small error. What that's there for is to really rule out like the obvious people who cannot follow a stream of instructions without making multiple mistakes. Um, another thing that it's helpful for, at least in the state of Wisconsin, where I am at, uh, our unemployment requires or at least my understanding of it, I've never filed for unemployment, uh, requires in order to stay on it that they apply to two job postings a week. So anytime, like, you know, you got someone who just doesn't really want that job, but they have to prove to the state that they've applied somewhere. So they'll just like forward, like, look, I sent, I sent a, a response to this type of thing. So it does, it becomes pretty clear of like, okay, this person's applying, but they really have no interest in the job. Whereas like, oh, this person, okay, they tried, they didn't do it as a PDF and they forgot the references, but they wrote one hell of a cover letter saying why they are perfect for this position. Um, the in PDF thing, <laughs> that's the one that most people miss. And that's just to kind of test like their technology base of like, can you convert a Microsoft document into a PDF? So now, as you're starting to collect, it's going to, the process you go forward is really gonna depend on the quality of people that you're getting resumes from. And I recommend at least a week or two, if you can, of collecting resumes. Um, it, do not interview someone that you're like anything less than a five out of 10 excited about. Um, just to get like, you know, well, Lauren said I should do five one-on-ones and I really only want to only have three people, but I guess like, don't waste your time. Like that's ridiculous. So I'm going to throw around some very vague numbers, uh, to help you through, but do not waste your time. Um, and I'm not even empathetic, but I can tell you it freaking sucks doing a one-on-one -on -one, one with somebody where you know that you, cause you have to follow up with a one-on-one -on -one and tell them. They didn't get the job and I am not empathetic, but even that hurts my heart a little bit. So do not, you know, fake a one-on-one -on -one just to like say you interviewed 10 people. Okay. So if you're getting like a ton of quality applicants, you could start with a group interview. Um, we've played around with doing a group interview before one-on-ones or one-on-ones before the group interview. If you're getting a ton of really good people that you, cause I don't really want you doing more than 10 one-on-ones, like at most, ideally like seven, eight type thing, because they're emotionally exhausting. They take a lot of time and you have to reject people. Um, so if you're like more than 15 qualified people that you're like, I don't know, I could totally see them working. 
then do um, a group interview. You might need to break it up into two. And the purpose of the group interview in the beginning is like totally serving the juice. Like I would up your fanaticism, fanat, whatever, for chiropractic even more, like turn up the volume on your obsession with innate intelligence and serving the community. Like you kind of want to divide if you're doing a group interview for like 30 people <laughs> right there, seeing you like just bleed chiropractic, you're going to automatically have like five to 10 people who are like, oof, duh, too much passion for me. I just don't think I could jump on that ship. I can't drink that juice. And that's good because you want them to kind of sort themselves out. Um, you know, so after you do this, like you're not asking questions when you have like 30 people, 10 people, you're not going to be like, okay, so if what is your spirit animal and you're going around the room to 30 people, like that's not with the group interview. It's more of you talking and sharing like what your clinic really stands for and, um, answering some of those like other, like, this is what we wear. We do events on the weekends. Um, so even though we're open seven to four, like there's going to be multiple times a year where you're asked to on a Saturday morning, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at the end of that, you know, you'd have them fill out an application. A lot of times like a state will have uh, all of these like employment laws that they have to like sign, like whatever. So just find an employment application. And um, at the top, they can just say like, and then as you're leaving, either turn in your application or not, or you can have something else that just basically says like, give them the opportunity to say, yes, I'm still interested or no, thank you. Uh, then you're looking at this cluster of people who you serve Jews. They took it. All right, great. Now you're going to go into the one-on-ones. If you don't have an abundance of people applying that are quality, um, you know, like the last time we hired, I think there were really only like 10 people, maybe nine that I was even interested in talking to. Um, so we just set up all those one-on-ones right away. Uh, back to back, I tell them it's going to be, you know, 15 minutes. You have your questions, you go through and you just like back to back to back. Um, and you stick with that. You're going to get, I mean, honestly, between you and I, I wish that I could just do like five minute interviews because like, you know, if you're really good at reading people, like you just, you don't know, but you have their resume, you have their thing and you just see them and people either just emit that energy that you know has a chance of connecting or you at least know like, mm, there's just no way. Uh, but you can't do that. You have to at least, they drove there, they got dressed up. Some of them took time off work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so tell them, you know, 15, 20 minutes, line them up back to back. And then from there, you might cut it down to, you know, if you have like 10 one-on-ones, you might cut it down to like a three, four, five, whatever, whoever you want to really talk to at that point. Remember, the farther, further along that you bring an applicant, the more emotionally invested they get and the harder it is to tell them that, like, they didn't get the job. So after the one-on-ones, um, if you haven't done a group interview, now's the time to do it. So if you started with the one-on-ones, now you do the group interview and you serve the juice, you bleed the chiropractic. You might want to tell them what chiropractic stands for now that you know. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have to. Um, and then you, you know, either way you want to get it down to your final two or three people. So if you started with a group and then you did to one-on-ones, 
and now you're like, there's really, after one-on-ones, literally only two people that I'm interested in, then skip that second group interview. If you started with a huge group interview, and then you went down to one-on-ones, and now you still have like six, seven people that you kind of like, then you might do like a different kind of group interview. Um, And that would be more of like, if your spouse is very involved in it, um, you know, where he would sit down and meet people, see how they interact with each other. You might do some more fun, like, what is your spirit animal type thing? I think that two group interviews is probably going to be overkill. So I don't recommend it unless you're really, really having a hard time. So then the final kind of thing is you get down to this, like two or three people that you're interested in and you're going to do a shadow day. Okay. So you may be hearing this and thinking like, Lauren, this sounds like overkill. I needed to hire someone yesterday. Like I got a good hunch. Can't I just, I really don't recommend it because I will tell you that, um, I, although we've kind of narrowed down and perfected our hiring process, I've made so many quick decisions and they cost you money. They cost you reputation. Um, because it really sucks two months later to go back to Facebook and be like, we're hiring again, because now all of a sudden people are going to be like, wait a minute, what kind of a like place is this? What happened to the last person? You know, like it just looks bad. Um, even if it was their fault and that person, you know, but it just, it looks bad. So I recommend just taking the extra two, three weeks that this process requires. And the perfect person may have to give two weeks then. So you may be looking at six weeks before you have someone even start their first day, but to make sure that you have the right fit and hopefully someone that's going to stick with you long-term, it's so, so worth it. Okay. Anyways, back to shadow day. So you've got your final two or three and what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to pack your schedule, especially with your like, patients that are really your ideal people. Um, You want it to be a little busier than it may normally be. You want it to be a little more chaotic than it normally would be. Um, This is to to test them, you know, have them show up before a shift, be like, all right, here's the deal. This is how this is going to roll. And after about 45 minutes, it'll be done. This does not need to be two, three hours. Oh my gosh, don't make it two, three hours. Um, You're going to know within an hour, you know, how they're interacting. So for our clinic, the number one test that I always do is without any warning, I will just take somebody's baby and hand it to that person. <laughs> that sounds really weird. And it is kind of weird. Um, but you, I pay so much attention to their comfort level in our clinic. How comfortable they are with children is really tested in that moment. I could hand anybody a baby And like a normal reaction when somebody hands you something, I could hand someone a ticking bomb and like people just out of niceness go like, oh, you're handing me something, I will accept it. But like how much hesitation is there? How awkward are they at receiving that baby type of thing? Um, And so again, this is not a make or break, but like figure out kind of what those little mini tests are gonna be. Go into that shadow day knowing some of these tests. You know, maybe, it's something where you might just have one of your really good patients who's going to be there during that time, kind of grill them. I'm like, so what's your deal? Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and see how they interact with just a patient who 
in their mind doesn't have any control over whether they get hired or not, you know? So, all right. And after that, gosh, I hope you have found somebody that you're in love with, um, or at least willing to like take this jump with, uh, because as you can see, hiring is, it's something that takes time and it's totally worth doing it right. Um, but it sucks when you go through all of this and you're not like, you know, I've, I've offered the job to someone after shadow day and they said no. And I had to hire or offer the second person. Um, that's happened before. So like, this is just a whole fun thing. I hope that everybody listening can at least tweak, you know, maybe take something of like, Ooh, maybe you've hired a lot and you really like it, but you like, haven't thought about doing it that way. The last part of your question is how to keep them motivated and on purpose with your office mission and values. And girl, that's a whole nother question in itself that we will make sure we answer at one point down the road because we're going on 39 minutes. I didn't even know I had that much to say. I thought this was going to be a short one. I talk way too much. Um, so we will make sure that we uh, address like training and leading and motivating your new employee at a later time. So love you all so, so much. Um, and just, uh, I don't know, keep on doing what you're doing, writing questions, review us. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions. If it's a really easy one of like, wait, you said this, shoot me like a direct message. Um, find me somehow Lauren at she slays podcast.com. Lauren is L A U R Y N. So remember when you're writing your questions and you say, dear Lauren, spell it right. No, I'm just joking. All right. Love you all so much. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <music>